I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. Well, HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. All right, second hour of Clay and Buck kicks off right now. We're joined by Senator Marco Rubio of Florida. His uh, newest book is out, Decades of decadence how our spoiled elites blew america's inheritance of liberty security and prosperity senator rubio thanks for calling in sir hey thanks for having me talk about yes sir so talk to us first if you would about uh how how do you see things on that we've been talking a lot today on on the air about this the democrat side of things are, are you confident that despite all the polls about joe biden having even Democrats concerned about his fitness, his mental state, his age, etc. Are, are they just going to push it through with him as the nominee? And depending on that, what do you think will happen? Well, I, obviously, I'm not in those meetings when these guys talk about those things. They don't invite us. But you look, I think everybody has to watch and sort of see that what's going on with Joe Biden. The problem is, I think that he's actually perfect uh, for the situation they like. And that is his admitted because he's obviously, you know, at this point, not the same guy he used to be, let's just put it kindly, he's the perfect vessel for them to do all the things they want to do. So they have basically populated his administration with every radical that you can imagine from the far left. And they're implementing policies. Look, he's out there advocating for stuff that he was never for. He didn't even think about. Do you think Joe Biden seven, nine years ago would be talking about transgender issues or anything like that? I mean, these things were just, he was either completely unaware of them or he was against them, openly against them. So he's just a vessel for them to achieve these things. And then let's imagine that it doesn't work out after a couple of years and his health deteriorates further or what have you. Then they get Kamala Harris, someone who can't possibly be elected, but she can certainly reach there if she's the vice president of the United States. So it's a twofer for them. And I think, frankly, he's just the sort of figurehead, which is perfect for them. 
Senator Rubio, you've got the big case going on down in Miami now, which is in your state. What do you think of the charges that have been brought by the Department of Justice? What do you think? Obviously, you're not running for president this go around, but you're in the Senate. What do you think Republicans should do or think about the precedent that's being set based on those charges? Well, a couple things. The first is that um, let me flat out say that I don't think there should be classified documents in Joe Biden's garage at Mar-a-Lago, uh, you know, Hillary's server. That's not that said. Now, and, and understand that indictments are one-sided documents, right? It is the prosecution's strongest case. If that's what they want you to believe, that's why they brought charges. So the president is entitled to, to his defense. He's entitled to poke holes in their case. And I'm not his lawyer, and I'm sure they'll do all that. Now, there's this thing called prosecutorial discretion. It's used every day. Okay? That is the discretion they use, for example, to say, you know that guy that set fire to a federal building? We're not going to press charges against rioters. The federal government's done that in D.C., and local prosecutors done all over the country. Okay? Much less extreme than anything that's accused of here. Likewise with uh, immigration. You know, ICE attorneys every day decide we're not going to move to deport somebody. You know, prosecutorial discretion. And what that means is the prosecutor looks at a case and says, okay, what is the harm alleged here versus what is the harm of bringing the prosecution. The harm of bringing this prosecution is extraordinary. I mean, you now see attacks on the judge, obviously counterattacks on the prosecutor, and just to further divide the country. There's no claim of harm. There's no claim, even in the indictment, it does not say this is the harm it did to the national security of the United States. Any reasonable prosecutor should have weighed those two things and decided, look, this is not worth bringing this prosecution. I mean, the pain it's going to inflict and the divisiveness is enormous. But obviously, there was no discretion allowed here. This guy was picked specifically for the purposes of knocking out Trump and weaponize, and that's called the weaponization of our system. And when you compare that to how they handled Petraeus, how they handled Hillary Clinton, how they handled Sandy Berger stealing those documents, how they've handled issue after issue, it's not even close. I mean, we we still don't know what's going on with the Biden investigation on those documents. So that dual standard of we're going to be, you know, we're going to come hard at you if you're, if you're Donald Trump, especially, but we're not really going to do that for anybody else, especially if you're from the left. I think that further divides the country, but I think it also undermines the credibility of our system and, and really sort of really begins to get at the heart and uh, creates a rot at the very heart of the foundation of our republic. Senator Rubio with us now from Florida. Um, Senator uh, do, you, do you have any thoughts so far? I know that we don't have all the information yet uh, or all the evidence yet, but uh, some House Republicans and now some of your colleagues in the Senate uh, have been saying they believe there's much more damning evidence relating to Joe Biden, including even uh, either Hunter or and or Joe Biden on tape talking to a Burisma executive about the exchange of money for access do you have any thoughts on this? Do you think this could be something that really does finally break through and force some accountability for the, the Biden regime? Well, I don't know, because I don't have access to the information that those folks have. I have no reason to believe they're lying about it, but we, we haven't seen it. But here's what we do know. It's important to set the stage on this. Right now, what we are facing is the following, and that is clearly someone came to the FBI and filed a complaint with detailed information. And uh, generally, you don't, you know, anybody can walk into an FBI office and make a claim. So these things are out there in the public. You could be destroying people's reputation and so forth. So I understand that part of it. The problem we have here is we have a whistleblower. And this whistleblower, I don't know who it is. I haven't spoken to them, but they came to Chuck Grassley and said, it appears to be someone from within the FBI and said, this is a credible claim. And the FBI did nothing. They did nothing to ascertain whether any of it was true. So right now, what, we're, what I think the central question is, did the FBI 
have credible allegations and refused to do anything to investigate, in essence, to find out if there was any veracity behind it. Because we do know that they spent three years and a lot of money, they meaning the Justice Department of Health, trying to prove a dossier that we now know was a political document. It was an opposition research fake document that was paid for, and we threw this country through three years of money and time and division over something that ended up being completely fake. And they, they did investigate that one. So, again, dual standard of justice, you know, two systems. And so right now the core question is, did the FBI do anything? Did they work to find the charges? Indeed, any of these allegations are true. Did they look at bank records? Did there were payments being made? All that said, I do think, and I have no reason to not believe Comer, that a lot of money flowed into the Biden family. And, and some of the structures that they set up, you know, these small corporations in the name of their nieces and grandchildren, some of them barely 18, 19 years of age, that, that stuff, I mean, that, that in and of itself merits looking at. Why would somebody do that and pay them all this money unless there's something in exchange for it? So I think there is some, this is a credible thing. There's enough information now that at a minimum we should be asking, has the FBI investigated this? Because if they haven't, then it's clearly political. Senator, did you ever think that we would reach a position? I know you're a lawyer as well. Um, some of the stuff that I see happening right now is just crazy. I mean, what you're talking about with the FBI, what you're talking about with our Department of Justice, it's something that, frankly, I never would have believed that we would see. I know you represent the state of Florida. Tons of people have come to Florida, Venezuelans, Cubans, to try to move away from this idea of the chief executive, former president, or person who's running for political office being put in prison to try to keep him from being elected. How do we fix? Let's take outside of the Trump situation. How do we fix our Department of Justice? How do we fix our FBI? Because I bet you, and certainly me, and I know Buck, have no faith right now in the impartial application of justice in this country. And that's an awful place for us to find ourselves. Just on the point of the FBI, I think it's really important to say, and I don't know what the right statistical number is, but the overwhelming majority of your field agent and your local FBI office doesn't care about any of this, is not involved in doing these things. They're out there trying to catch child traffickers. Yep. What we're really talking about is the high levels of the Justice Department, the people who get promoted, okay, the people that, that have bought into all this. That's really what we're talking about here. Now, in the case of what yeah, look, this is what my book's about. It's called Decadence. Decadence meaning we're America. The Cold War ended. We thought we could do whatever we wanted, including destroy our institutions and our way of life. So we said, it doesn't matter where the jobs are. Send all the jobs to China. It's all right. That means things will be cheaper to buy at Walmart. Send our factories overseas. We don't need factories anymore. We're all going to be software engineers. Uh, we don't need family anymore. You can be raised online, schools, the popular media, and you know, families. Anybody who wants to be family can call themselves that. Uh, we're all citizens of the world. There's no nationhood. Why do we need a border? In fact, having a border is xenophobic and hateful. And now it extends to politics and the hysteria of the important thing is we've got to win elections. And so let's, it doesn't matter if we destroy our institutions or the country. It doesn't matter if we shred this country or set its pillars on fire as long as we win the election. And then I think when it comes to Trump, there's a special case. Their hatred for him has reached a point now where they don't even pretend anymore. There's no pretending. I mean, the, the, it, it's flat out. You saw it in the media coverage this week. You see it in the smears of this judge, Eileen Cannon, you know, someone, the kind of person we want to see on the bench. They're, they're going after her, you know, which, which they would never tolerate or they would criticize roundly if it was in the other direction. But um, so how do we get it fixed? I think it's first of all by acknowledging that we can't just do whatever we want. Like eventually this stuff catches up with us and it's catching up with us now. But every pillar of what made this country great, our, our, our system, our, our republic, family, community, strong uh, economy that produces good local jobs. 
uh, nationhood. We, we stop thinking about the national interest in making our decisions. We're the only country in the world that doesn't decide, first and foremost, we're going to do things that are good for America before anything else. All these things are now catching up, and, uh, and it's, and it's you know, embedded itself in every institution, academia, the media, government, bureaucracy, you name it. And, um, and I think first it starts by recognizing it and then pushing back against it very strongly in terms of passing laws and the like, accountability and oversight. I think what they're doing in the House is extraordinary. I mean, if we had not won the majority in the House, we wouldn't know any of this stuff. Senator, you there's a story up I read this morning um, on OutKick. You tried to take out an advertisement because today, and Buck and I have talked about this a lot, the Dodgers are honoring, in many ways, an anti-Catholic group uh, at a Pride Night event in Los Angeles. What did you try to do? What did the Dodgers refuse to allow you to do? And for people out there who are not familiar with what's going on, kind of give us a sense of why this is such a big deal. I'm sure it ties in with what you wrote in your book. Uh, it certainly seems to crystallize this issue. Yeah, look, first of all, this is not even an anti-Pride event thing. Okay, I, I think this has gone too far. It's too much in your face. It's just constant, you know, and, and, and I think people are getting fed up with that. But that's a whole other matter. What happened here is they invited a group called the Sisters of Perpetual, I don't know what, but it's basically an, a, a group of uh, men that dress up as women and openly mock the Catholic Church. And I mean, like, grotesquely mock the Catholic Church, right? Like, take the use a condom as the Eucharist and all this sort of thing. It's an anti-Catholic, bigoted, anti-Christian group. That's what they've known. So, so much the case that there are even, you know, LGBT groups that will not associate with them. So the Dodgers invite them, and they're going to honor them as community heroes. I write the Dodgers a letter and say, how can you invite these people? It's a hate group. These are bigots. Uh, if they had if they had been doing those things to Islam or Judaism or you know whatever they, they would never have allowed that. Well, they disinvited them. Then of course you know the rain hell on them from uh, you know all these groups in the media. And after three or four days, the Dodgers cave and they reinvited them back. So I tried to run an ad that basically said they, they're honoring a hate group. They're honoring an anti-Catholic, anti-Christian hate group, a grotesque anti-hate group, uh, anti-Catholic, anti-Christian hate group. And the station that carries the Dodgers, the Dodgers broadcast. Uh, wouldn't run it. Same with the LA Times. We reached out to them and tried to have an op-ed published. They didn't even answer. So I just think move on and make this go away and, and do whatever they want. And um, and you know now what they're doing is they're closing off every avenue we have to communicate to people about it. And so you know we've got to continue to push on it. But but look to me, this is really beyond everything else. This is about anti-Christian bigotry. It's not just being tolerated. It's being celebrated. It's being honored. Honored by a major league franchise that, by the way, enjoys a. Uh, uh, antitrust exemption from Congress. Uh, I don't know why we should get rid of it. The book is Decades of Decadence, How Our Spoiled Elites Blew America's Inheritance of Liberty, Security, and Prosperity by Senator Marco Rubio. Senator, thanks for being with us. Thanks thanks for having me on, guys. The Preborn Network of Clinics is a nationwide nonprofit organization putting 100% of their focus on saving the lives of unborn children and their mothers, many of whom are considering an abortion instead of life. The team at Preborn welcomes these mothers to be with love and support and offers them a free ultrasound experience so that they can meet their unborn child and hear the heartbeat and witness the movement within them. So often that singular experience helps the mother make the decision for life instead of an abortion. 200 children are saved each week as a result. Each of those free ultrasounds comes at a cost and Preborn is able to do that for $28 per ultrasound. Your tax-deductible donation makes this possible, and makes all the difference. To donate, use your cell phone 
and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby. Or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for Team Reality. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four picks. More player action on Prize Picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize Picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free Prize Picks app and open your account. Use my name Clay for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code Clay, that's C L A Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. 
Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We roll through the Friday edition of the program. Um, interesting from Rubio, who was pretty aggressive, I think, on going after the weaponization of the Justice Department going forward. Um, and, you know, certainly we haven't talked about it, Buck, but this attack on Eileen Cannon who is the federal district court judge who has had so far this Trump case assigned to her is supposedly everything that Democrats hate, right? They hate the idea that justice in any way would be attacked. Yet I believe I read that there are five judges who potentially could have been assigned to this case. Eileen Cannon has previously uh, dealt with the Mar-a-Lago investigation in some way. And so she has been now appointed, and Rubio was, and you just heard him talk about her, Rubio was one of the senators who identified her and said, hey, I want to put you forward as potentially a federal uh, district court nominee. And they're not happy because she's not a rabid, zealot, anti-Trump judge, like so many of the judges have been, including, it appears, the New York City judge who has got the Alvin Bragg case, and so immediately they turn into hypocrites, Buck, and attack her uh, when they're claiming that justice and truth and everything matters. But as soon as they get a judge they don't like, they immediately abandon all of the auspices of the independence of the judiciary and how important it is. It's remarkable, isn't it? I mean, what's that? Uh, there's that quote from Children of Children of Dune, you know, from Frank Herbert, where he says, "When I am weak." I demand freedom because it is according to your rules. And when I am strong, I demand uh, power or obedience because it is according to my rules. That is how Democrats play, right? When, when it's when it's to their advantage, they're all principles. The law is the law. Party over country, all this stuff. And the second that things go against them, it's whatever it takes, <laughs> whatever we can do, you know? Judges are sacred. How dare you question a judge? Oh, this judge doesn't seem like he or she leans in our favor. Destroy them all like they're horrible. I mean, it's it's so obvious, right? But, Clay, when you have no principles or integrity to protect, as Democrats do not, you have a lot of leeway. You can do a lot of things. No, no end of options. I will just put this on the radar. I haven't heard anybody talking about it. Would not stun me, Buck, if she responds to one of these motions, which is seeking to dismiss many of these charges by granting it. And if you want to see an absolute implosion, imagine what that would do to this case. I'm just tossing it out there. In particular, this attorney-client privilege argument, which they allowed the crime fraud exemption to occur, I'm not sure that's the right ruling. I'm really not. And it would not stun me if she overturned that, which could lead to much of this case collapsing if they don't have that evidence. That quote, by the way, is when I am weaker than you, I ask for freedom because that is according to your principles. When I am stronger than you, I take away your freedom because that is according to my principles. That is the Democrats on all things. Bud Light continues to uh, have its descent. The kegs have been cracked. The beer is spilled out onto the street, so to speak. Things are not going well in Bud Light world. Um, very interesting to see that now the, the Washington Post was doing some analysis on 
Well, a lot of domestic beers have been seeing a drop in sales. So, you know, maybe it was just part of a now, now, now. Nice try. They do not want the reality uh, to set in uh, that wokeness can be a massive, uh, a massive risk for companies uh, because this is a huge change in perception. It had been that wokeness was nothing but uh, upside, really, because even if it doesn't work with your audience, it works within the corporate corridors and the HR seminars. But now things are different, at least if you look at the Bud Light situation, and I think we're going to see more pressure coming on uh, Target as well. Uh, but, Clay, the response, this is so classic, the response of Bud Light uh, CEO here, Brendan Whitworth, does not inspire confidence, I think, in a lot of the uh, Bud Light faithful who are still out there. I think there are a lot of people that just like, you know, you just kick back and you drink a Bud Light. Uh, not anymore. They haven't been doing it as much. But the approach here is, he first of all, he vows to protect the jobs of workers and independent wholesalers. That I like. We actually called for that on this show. So if Anheuser-Busch InBev, the massive multinational conglomerate, is going to make sure that no one who is a Bud Light, uh, you know, that there won't be Bud Light collateral damage. I, I have to say, I think that's the, that's the right move ethically and from a corporate responsibility standpoint. Uh, Bud Light sales have dropped 24.4% in the last, in the past week, according to, uh, the Daily Mail here. Modelo Especial is now the number one selling beer in america so that's an interesting uh, situation but here's what i'm seeing that that made me think uh, i don't think they get it yet um clay they say that the ceo's new campaign is in essence bud light easy to drink and easy to enjoy and the ceo is going to be traveling the u.s this summer with the brand easy to drink and easy to enjoy that's not gonna cut it um you know, that's not going to, uh, be enough. I mean, that's about as, as corporate, inoffensive, poll tested, bring in the focus group kind of a, uh, a response to all this. I think you can get. So I, I think that until somebody sees, I, I brought up was, it was Domino's, right? The Domino's campaign was sheer honesty with, with the, with the possible audience and customer base, which was guys, we built a brand. We became famous as a, as a pizza chain and our stuff just started to be bad. Like our, we got worse ingredients is bad. We're changing it. We're doing a better job now. We've heard you just changing the Bud Light branding to easy to drink, easy to enjoy. It's also easy to buy another kind of beer, Clay. Yeah. And I think even worse for Bud Light now, it is if you drink Bud Light, you get made fun of. I'll give you an example. Um, last night, I was out to uh, I was out to dinner. I ordered a beer, and one of the people I was with said, "Noticed you didn't get a Bud Light, right?" That is a joke that men all over this country are making with each other right now. And Buck, you mentioned and you tweeted this: the Washington Post is trying to do cleanup. They had a story that said. Bud Light has been targeted by a recent boycott, but consumers might be moving away from the brand anyway, 
amid stagnation for domestic beer in general. That's their headline, right? They don't want to acknowledge it. This is the community notes. Did you see this, Buck? Well, hold on. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. So I I responded to this, and I just said that the left will be increasingly desperate. Notice the will be increasingly desperate to convince conservatives that their highly successful campaign against Bud Light wasn't effective after all and definitely shouldn't be duplicated against other woke targets, meaning they're just hoping people think this is a one-off and no big deal and, you know, a bunch of other things happening, and now you can talk about the community notes. Well, community notes, for those of you who haven't been paying attention, has become a way to check artificial narratives on Twitter in real time, and the context directly beneath the Washington Post headline here is Bush, Natural, Miller, and Keystone have not experienced the 29% drop in sales of Bud Light, which coincided with the boycott of the brand. Um, in fact, Miller Light has experienced a 20.7% and Coors Light a 22% increase in sales since the boycott began. That's important context because you're right. What they're going to do is the same thing, Buck, that we talked about yesterday. I saw this in sports. No one would acknowledge that the NBA was taking body blows to its brand by going woke because the sports media doesn't want to acknowledge because they're so far left wing that conservatives have this power or that going woke can hurt brands because they want brands to continue to be woke. What is that? I mean, I just the the people who added this community note on Twitter are, are not very literate. What does that have to do with what I say? has nothing to do with what I say. Nothing to do at all with my claim that they're going to, they will push harder and harder going yeah, forward no, no, you're, to make you're, people think. That's a so, response to the Washington Post calling them out for that headline where they're trying to say uh, that this is not related to the consumer conservative boycott. Like, you're right. That's what Washington Post is doing. The, the reader note is adding the context to say, actually, this is not ah. true, Washington Post, which is what I like about these community notes, because it when there's an artificial narrative that is trying to be pushed, you're right, 100%. They're going to now say, because the numbers are down, oh, this is symptomatic of a larger scale issue with domestic beer in general. And so the data, they're like, actually, everybody's buying way more Miller Lite and Coors Light. It's not only that Bud Light is collapsing. It's that a lot of dudes out there, and I'm a good example of this, I would choose now to get a Miller Lite over a Bud Light. Like if you, I say, hey, what beers do you have? Um, and the other thing is, uh, Buck, Modelo, becoming number one overall, stunning to me. If I had had to bet beforehand as a beer drinker, I would have thought Corona was more popular than Modelo. Like even if you had told me, hey, there's a Mexican beer that is surging, I think Modelo is Mexican-based. I might not even be correct about that. And for people out there who are saying, well, this is also an InBev product. That's not true. In the United States, Modelo is owned by a different brand. So this is directly taking money out of their pocket. And the Bud Light um, uh, brand has actually now spun over to Budweiser, which is seeing a decline, and to Ultra, which is also a product. So there were some people who were like, well, so what? More people are just going to drink InBev products. No, it's actually now turning into a body blow across brands for them. I just think it's it's uh, indicative, though, of of the the response here, the intransigence of the uh, C suite is Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. <laughs> that is the worst 
approach to this imaginable. This is like what they initially did. Hey, oh, you're upset because we thought that our beer was too fratty and out of touch. So we had some trans influencer, you know, posing with the beer and pushing it on people. Let's just have some horses in a commercial. Let's pull out the Clydesdales. I mean, it's condescending, quite honestly. That's the problem. People realize it's like, well, what are you guys doing? It's what happens, Buck, when you have an entire executive suite of advisors who would never be the people who consume your product. And this is the downside, right? This is eventually what happens when the brand loses touch with its audience and people in New York and L.A. who would never touch a Bud Light if their life depended on it make millions of dollars to be advocates for Bud Light. And this is a bigger issue for brands in general. I know a lot of founders. I worry about this, honestly, Buck, with OutKick, right? I sold OutKick to Fox. I spend a huge percentage of, of, of my time now trying to make sure that we stay true to the vision with which I founded OutKick. I don't own it anymore, right? But any founder who knows that experience of, hey, you've had some success, you sell your brand to a bigger company, it's easy sometimes to lose what made the brand authentic and connect with the audience in the first place once you get into the corporate suite and you've got a lot of guys and girls who never understood the brand in the first place suddenly making brand decisions. They start to lead in a direction that doesn't make sense. I think that's what's happened at Bud Light, and they still aren't getting their response right. Fuck, I could go in in in, in two days. I could remake the entire Bud Light uh, marketing pitch. I bet you could too. And they would have a huge percentage of their audience back in six months. The fact that they continue to refuse to do this means they'd rather lose billions of dollars than just do what their consumers You know want. what the truth is? If, if Let's say we did our remake. We did our Clay and Buck remake the Bud Light yeah. approach right now to get back to its roots. And it was, hey, remember those commercials you used to do that were funny and that were irreverent and that were about America and comedy and beautiful women and, and you know, all that kind of stuff, yeah. right? Football, whatever. Let's run some of those. The executives in charge of this brand, just like so many other brands, would rather continue to insult their consumers than feel a little weird at their Upper East Side or Santa Monica or wherever cocktail party yep. among their peers. Because if they did that, then they'd have to look at the other people, the other rich elites that they hang out with and say, yeah, we're going back to basics with Bud Light. And they would say, mm, it's a little fratty. Don't really approve. And that's the I truth. I don't think that it. joke is funny. Aren't you? I don't a, think that's funny. What about the people who don't like that joke? Are you sure you want to be associated with that? That's yeah. what they would say. Unfortunately, that's the world. Left wing feminists, the least, the least entertaining, amusing people on planet Earth. Inflation. Is still a problem, and prices are still very high. And with the current stock market volatility, I mean, what's your retirement account looking like after the last 12 months or so? The Phoenix Capital Group says the time to diversify your investments is right now. Look, I'm an investor in the Phoenix Capital Group. They recommend high-value U.S. oil and gas investments with current yields that range from 8% to 12% APY paid monthly. That's a better rate of return than banks or CDs with no middlemen. There, this is Regulation D corporate bond offering open to all accredited investors with terms as low as nine months, and it includes monthly or compounding interest options. To find out more, download the Phoenix Group's free investment packet today at phxonair.com. Investment in bonds have a certain amount of risk associated with it, and you should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. 
Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn 8 to 12% APY. Download the Phoenix Group's free investment package today at phxonair.com. Get to know the guys outside the issues. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck, a new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance, so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the prize picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. 
Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Want to make sure that we let you know that our friends at Tunnel to Towers, they are doing an absolutely fantastic job fighting for what matters in this country. Remember, they were born on America's darkest day of 9-11. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting the heroes who risk life and limb in the line of duty ever since. Detective Joseph Seals served with the Jersey City, New Jersey Police Department for 13 years, worked with the city's ceasefire unit. He helped get dozens of illegal guns off the street. He was shot and killed during a confrontation with armed gunmen in 2019, just days before Christmas. He left behind his wife, Laura, and five of their children. Tunnel of the Towers immediately paid off the family's mortgage. To date, the foundation has delivered over a 1,000 mortgage-free homes to our country's severely injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, fallen first responder families. They give hope to families thanks to your generosity. Join Tunnel the to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel the to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. A lot of you want to weigh in on a variety of different topics. It is, after all, Friday. Uh, let's go, uh, let's check in with John in Rochester, New York. Um, you have a take on the pardon demand. We've been talking about it. James Carville weighed in, uh, as well on CNN recently associated with that. Uh, what do you think, John? Uh, happy Friday, gentlemen. Um, you know, I just, I'm not sure what we can gain by going that route. Um, you've got your people that are going to vote the party lines regardless. So, you know, as, on the right, we're looking for the independents or people on the fence. Uh, if you already like Trump, you're going to vote Republican. But I think the people on the fence, for example, people in my family, Republican values, but just hate Trump. And I think you're going to lose those votes more than you're going to gain by uh, a Republican running on that platform. Of, I, I yeah, I understand Trump. that. I understand that argument. Um what do you think? So my my theory on this, Buck, is this is the way you have to communicate it. You say I'm standing on principle, and I think it's wrong to put Donald Trump in uh, in jail. I think actually the majority of the American public, if that argument is made in a convincing fashion, well done, and that you argue you're standing on principle, <clears throat> I think the majority of Americans agree, and I think that plays not bad with independence at all. I, I think that you say that, with former presidents, there's a degree of prosecutorial discretion that should come into play from the DOJ um, that we don't even want the perception of political targeting. So unless it is, we've said this before, and, and I, I mean, yep. know, God forbid this ever actually happens, but if you had a former president, we keep saying, you know, the thing that could happen, drunk driving, kills a family of three in a horrible collision, he's got to go to prison. I don't care that he was a former president, right? We all understand there are limits here. But document obstruction and the argument over the Presidential Records Act, I mean, this this is worthy of sending a former president to prison. Now, it does it does bring up issues, as I've said, of, well, what about other people, lower level people that mishandle documents are treated horribly under the Espionage Act? And that is unfair. And I've always said that is unfair. So there's there is an argument here for that. But as I've said, Democrats are totally willing to allow um illegal aliens to be in the country in violation of federal law in a whole range of ways, not just their status, document fraud, signing things that aren't, you know, uh, forgery and all kinds of documents, a lot of stuff that goes on. 
Can, can I just, we have a caller who wants to uh, weigh in on the Pence issue. Anthony in Beaufort, North Carolina. What's up, Anthony? Oh, just another day in paradise out here on the coast. Are you near Enjoy. New Bern? I love New Bern, by the way. I went out there, visited yep. a friend a couple years ago. Yes, New Bern's about 40 minutes away from me. Lovely. So what's your thought on Pence? You know, I've got to stand up and defend the Boy Scout. Um, and that's exactly what Pence is. He's a Boy Scout. He's by the book. He's the guy that wears the white hat. You know, um, I, I don't like this push for the pardon thing because you're basically trying to say that we are going to circumvent the justice system no matter what. And I deeply compare that to somebody that's sitting in office right now saying, well, I don't agree with what Congress is doing, so I'm going to do an executive order and bypass Congress. Uh, I believe that there's a deeper plan here. And if Trump plays it through, it goes through the appeals process, if he's even found convicted, it might get appealed all the way up to the, to the Supreme Court. And then all the cards are going to be out on the table for everybody to see. Anthony, thank you. we got to go into a break now. Appreciate you calling in from North Carolina. Clay, there's a Disney movie that's not looking like it's so great. Is this part of a bigger anti-Disney backlash? We'll talk about it. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 